This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Padres Postgame Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melvin. And we'll give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Postgame Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network. Scherzer is set. Here's the pitch. And Manny gets a hanging breaking ball. Hits it a ton. Deep to left field. Way back. Gonna go! Second level of balconies in the Western Metal Building. And a three-run homer in the bottom of the first for Manny Machado. The Padres jump out in front of the Mets and Max Scherzer. Manny Machado homers not once but twice against Max Scherzer as the Padres take the rubber game of this three-game series. 6-2, to two, quite the day for Manny Machado. A three-run home run against Mad Max in the first inning. A two-run shot in the fifth inning. That would be plenty for the Padres here on this Sunday as they wrap up the first half with a 6-2 to two win. Padres improved to 43-47. and 47. Mets dropped to 42-48. and 48. And the Padres finished the first half. The pre-All-Star break point portion of the schedule with a five and one homestand sweeping the angels and taking two out of three from new york sam levitt with you on our post-game coverage from inside the lofts here at the western metal building at petco park great to have you with us on this sunday afternoon we'll hear from manny machado in just a moment i caught up with manny one-on-one on the field right after the game a two home run five rbi performance from manny machado we'll talk plenty about that we'll also hear from padres manager bob melvin and we'll have all the radio highlights for you as the padres after losing the series opener on friday come back with a couple of big wins both yesterday and here today winning yesterday's game three to one and one thing we talked about in the pregame was could the top of the order deliver in this game after going just the combined one for 15 the top four spots in the lineup yesterday well that question was answered in the first inning here today Hassan Kim a single Juan Soto flies out, but then Fernando Tatis Jr. hits one off the center field fence. Just like that, the Padres a big threat against Max Scherzer in the first inning. And then Manny Machado, a no-doubter, three-run home run to give the Padres a 3-0 lead, and they never look back in this game. And then Manny with the two-run home run in the fifth. The other big story in this game, Joe Musgrove. Six scoreless innings, he continues to be 
absolutely terrific for San Diego. Six innings, no runs, three hits. He struck out seven and walked nobody. He picks up his eighth win of the season. We'll talk plenty more about what Joe has done over the last month and a half. He continues to be terrific. Like I said, a big day for Manny. Certainly a good sign, maybe a sign of things to come in the second half. I caught up with Manny one-on-one on the field right after the game. Manny, two home runs today against Max Scherzer. What was the biggest key for you in those two at-bats? Uh, just trying to get on the board early, you know, uh, especially in that situation, first inning. Going to the second, second and third, just trying to get at least one in there. And, uh, you know, obviously with two strikes, just trying to just trying to fight it off and trying to you know, at least get one in. And, uh, you know, we get lucky every once in a while. We hit it over the fence. Your teammate Joe Musgrove delivers in another big game. Manny, what is it about Joe that allows him to come up big in so many of these types of games? Uh, you know, he knows how to he knows how to perform under pressure. You know, he, he, he knows that he prepares the right way. He goes into the into the into that into that mound ready to pitch every single day and he's prepared so uh you know as long as you're prepared and you know what to do um you know you just you just gotta believe in the execution and uh you know that's what he does every every time a five and one home stand to wrap up the first half what gives you confidence that this team can carry that momentum into the second half uh just keep believing in each other um you know i think everyone's uh you know pushing each other continue to be better every single day and, um, you know ultimately just holding everybody accountable to go out there and perform every single night and leave it on the field Manny, this building sold out nearly 40 times in the first half. Already a team record. What do you think about the way these fans have showed up? Uh, they've been un- unbelievable all year, and uh, you know, especially last year as well. So, um, you know, we're gonna need them big time in the second half. Any off day plans, or I should say, all star break plans? Uh, just, just a little relaxation and re- reset, reset the mind. Manny, enjoy it. Thanks so much. Thank you. That was Manny Machado on the field right after the game. A big day for Manny. Two home runs, five RBIs, much more on him. Coming up here on our post-game coverage, when we come back, we'll have all the radio highlights for you. We'll also hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin as we wrap up this three-game series. Padres winning the rubber game on this Sunday, and we wrap up the first half of the season. Padres put together a 5-1 and homestand to wrap up the first half. Certainly some good vibes going into the second half, and uh, hopefully a very fun second half to come here in 2023. Our post-game show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score in the rubber game of this three-game set. The Padres 6 and the Mets 2. As the Padres wrap up a 5-1 homestand, a three-game sweep against the Angels. They win two out of three against the New York Mets after falling in the series opener on Friday. Two very good wins to bounce back. 3-1 to one the final last night. And the win here today, 6-2. to two. Sam Levitt with you inside the Western Middle Building. On our postgame show here on the Padres Radio Network. Great to have 
have you with us on this Sunday afternoon as we wrap this one up and wrap up the first half of 2023. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin in just a matter of minutes. But first, let's tell you how it all went down here today at Petco Park. Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to F-750s and motorhomes. Certainly a marquee pitching matchup. Joe Musgrove against Max Scherzer. Musgrove facing the Mets for the first time since Game 3 of last year's National League Wild Card Series. Musgrove started with a perfect first inning, but it was a busy bottom half for Max Scherzer. A lot went on. Ha-Sung Kim popped up the very first pitch into foul ground towards the netting on the third base side. Brett Beatty caught the ball, but third base umpire DJ Rayburn said it hit the netting before it came down. It was ruled a foul ball. Buck Showalter challenged it. The call stood. That caused Scherzer to wait around a few minutes. Kim would eventually single into left. On that play, Mets left fielder Tommy Pham injured himself. He came out of the game, and Mark Hanna went to left. So again, a little bit of a pause there for Max Scherzer. With one out, Fernando Tatis Jr. doubled off the center field fence. Kim went to third. So runners on second and third, one out. The table was set for Manny Machado. Scherzer is set. Here's the pitch. And Manny gets a hanging breaking ball. Hits it a ton. Deep to left field. Way back. Gonna go! Second level of balconies in the Western Metal Building. And a three-run homer in the bottom of the first for Manny Machado. The Padres jump out in front of the Mets and Max Scherzer. Musgrove gave up back-to-back singles in the second, but he got Francisco Alvarez to ground into an inning-ending double play. Musgrove then struck out two in a 1-2-3 third. He got into major trouble in the fourth inning. Padres still leading 3-0 at that point. Francisco Lindor hit a one-out single. Musgrove then hit Pete Alonso with a curveball. He hit Jeff McNeil with another curveball. The bases were loaded. Musgrove struck out DJ Stewart on three pitches for out number two. He then got ahead of Francisco Alvarez 0-2. 0-2, the pitch to Alvarez, swung on and missed strike three. Another changeup, and Musgrove with back-to-back Ks to end the fourth inning. The Mets leave him loaded. Six strikes in a row got Musgrove out of the jam. That would become a theme in this game, Joe getting in trouble but getting out of trouble and using uh, quite a few double plays as well. Padres then loaded the bases with two outs in the bottom half of the fourth inning against Scherzer, but did not score. In the fifth, Musgrove hit another batter, but put together a scoreless inning with the help of a beautifully turned 3-6-1 double play. In the bottom half, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a one-out single against Scherzer. Manny Machado then dug in. The count went 3-0. Here's the 3-0. Manny swings, hits it in the air to deep right field towards the corner. McNeil's back, turns around, gonna go! Petco Porch for Manny Machado. His second home run of the day. And a 5-0 Padre lead in the fifth. Home runs 14 and 15 on the season for Manny Machado. And with that home run, since his rookie season, Manny Machado now has 36 multi-home run games. That leads all of baseball since when he debuted in 2012. Also, that was Manny's fifth home run in his career against Max Scherzer, tied for the most he has off any pitcher in his career. Enter today with three, 
left with five. One in the first inning and one in the fifth inning. Padres had a 5-0 lead. Musgrove returned for the top of the sixth. He hit another batter, his fourth of the game, but he struck out Francisco Lindor and got a double play ball off the bat of Pete Alonso to end the inning and his outing. Musgrove's final line, six innings, no runs, three hits, no walks. He struck out a grand total of seven, 88 pitches, three double plays turned behind him as well. Padres added on against the Mets' bullpen in the sixth inning. Gary Sanchez led off with a double. With one out, it was Trent Grisham. Here's the 1-1. Line the other way, into left center, and a base hit. Canna gets to it pretty quickly. Sanchez going to be waved. He's going to score. RBI single, Trent Grisham. And a 6-0 Padre lead. Tim Hill then came on for the seventh inning, a scoreless frame. Adrian Morahone entered for the top of the eighth inning. Padres still had a 6-0 lead. Morahone gave up a bloop double, a walk, and then Mark Canna dug in. Here's the pitch from Morahone, and that's hit in the air to left center field. Long run, Soto going back into the gap. On the move, reaches out, can't make the catch, and it hops up against the base of the wall. Guillaume going to score easily. Nimmo on his way. He's going to score. It's a two-run double for Mark Canna. And now 6-2 Padres in the eighth. But Adrian Morahone would bounce back, got a ground out from Francisco Lindor, and then with Canna on second base. Pete Alonso hit a line drive to shortstop, fielded by Xander Bogarts, picked it out of the air, doubled Canna off second base. The fourth double play the Mets hit into in this game, Morahone, was out of the inning. Tom Cosgrove came on for the ninth inning in what has been a terrific first half in his rookie season, got the first two outs, hit a batter, but he put on the finishing touch to the first half. Cosgrove comes set and ready, holds at the belt, looks at Alvarez and deals. The 0-1 kicks off the right side of the mound. Bogarts to the right of the bag at second, has it, and the throw to first is in time. The ball game is over as Tom Cosgrove comes out, gets the final three outs here in the ninth. The Padres beat the Mets 6-2. They take the series two games to one, and they wrap up this final homestand of the first half with five wins and just one loss. And at times, a very rocky first half of the season for San Diego. They end it on a high note as they beat the New York Mets 6-2 in this series finale. And they take two of three from the New York Mets. Final totals in this game for the Padres, six runs, nine hits, and no errors. And for the Mets, two runs, five hits, and one error. Again, the Padres improved to 43-47 and 47 on the year. Mets dropped to 42-48. and 48. Let's go down towards the clubhouse here at Petco Park and hear from the skipper. Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sin Lee Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Sin Lee Food, 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Five out of six, so we'll take it. I mean, it isn't always easy, but, you know, we've done it in different, seems like different fashions and, um... We needed to finish strong, and hopefully we get to sit on some confidence for a little while and come back second half. We know we got a lot of work to do. What have you noticed out of Manny in the last maybe week, week and a half, and kind of the way he's... It's just kind of Manny, right? So I think the the against the grain was the fact that he, you know, didn't put up the numbers that he normally does for, for a couple months. But, you know, it's good pitching now. It's starters. It's early in the game. Put Give us leads. It's today adding on. You know, those those are the primetime players that do that. For Joe to finish strong like he did today, what did that do for you guys? And I know he's getting a little bit of a break after right. the All-Star, game, or All-Star break, it looks like. What does this mean for you guys going forward? Yeah, I think it's huge for us because we lean on some 
some of our starters, obviously a lot of last year and this year as well. Um, you know, he got off to a little bit of a different start and really kind of caught his footing here the last several. I, I, I think he'll tell you today, maybe not his best stuff, but ended up making pitches when he had to. Didn't have great command of his fastball today, but spun the ball really well. You know, obviously hit a few guys, but at the end of the day, ended up getting some, some double plays and some making big pitches when he had to. I know you alluded to you had to finish strong. Um, and there's no way to predict with your team. I imagine that you feel that way. But what did going 5-1 and one on this road trip and closing it out with the two victories, what do you think it did? Well, it gives us a – we shouldn't have to manufacture confidence. Everybody in this clubhouse has done well and, you know, should be able to, to lean on that in times when things aren't going well. But – to, to you know, we Anaheim was playing, having a good season coming in. These guys are a really good team that we're what run five or six in a row coming in here too. So, I think you know when you have three or four days to to sit on the fact that we just won five out of six. Hopefully, it just kind of you know rejuvenates us and and you know we come back with more confidence coming out of the break because it's been it's been a hard first half for us. How much do you point out to your team that? like the defensive plays you made today. I mean, today was kind of indicative of how you guys have played in so many facets of the game. Well, not only good defensive plays, good defensive plays when we needed good defensive plays. You know, the the double play with Bogey and Kim to start, and we didn't even know if Kim was going to be able to play today. Um, You know, those are real momentum swings because when you're not playing great, all of a sudden a couple guys get on, you know, the the feeling kind of creeps in and – and it's not a good feeling. So to be able to squash it with good defense, which is a lot of times really our calling card, even though we have the ability to, to you know, obviously score some runs. But I think that's been, you know, over the last couple of years, really the, you know, a mainstay of ours is being able to make big plays in big situations. Bob, talking to Xander before the game, he's clearly been frustrated with his first half or maybe the inability to be a little more consistent offensively. What – what can he do moving forward in your eyes to try to find more of what he's been in the first half of his 10 seasons, 11 seasons? You know, the what the first few weeks he was really by far our best hitter production-wise. So, And he's had quite a career offensively. I think when you get into a lineup like ours, um, you know, now you're not necessarily the guy that gets, that gets leaned on every single game. You know, it's it's just a little bit of a different feeling, but but he was there early on. He's going to be there in the second half, and I think as a group, you know, it's it's you don't have to feel like you are the guy, and and even though he's been a guy, and I think he we, he's gonna he's primed for a good second half. Kind of building on your thoughts about that double play, even though Xander was one for four and maybe not the first half he wanted, he was involved in three big defensive right. plays, including. One in the eighth, and then right. to end the game in the ninth, that could have gotten away from you exactly. maybe a little bit. Yep, those balls take a bad hop, and or you're a little slow to it, or you don't get of it, get a great exchange, and get it out of your glove quickly. You know, he tends to do things kind of on the run more than a lot of shortstops do. So all those are big plays. They look like they're you're easy or they're semi-routine plays. They're not, and every single one of those, like you pointed out, were big plays at the time. Is that a ton of opportunity during a baseball season to kind of pause and assess where things are? And I know there are a couple of days before you have to play again, but what do you make of the challenge that awaits you in the second half in, in terms of where you are trying to get to? 
It's a challenge, but, it, you know, I, I, I don't try not to look at these things mathematically. Like, you have to win so many games to get to X because we have the ability to go on a run, and if you make a run, you, you're right there. So I think more than anything, that's something that we should that should resonate with us is if we go on a good stretch, we're going to be right there. Um, and then that'll give us more and more momentum going forward. But it's easier said than done because we haven't done it this year to this point. How much does finishing 5-1 and one maybe help that specific? I think it does. I think significantly. That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park as the Padres win it 6-2 to two over the New York Mets. They take two of three from the Mets, and like you heard a few times there, the Padres go 5-1 and one on this final homestand of the first half. They sweep the Angels and win this series against New York. The Padres will head into the All-Star break six games out of a wild-card spot in the National League. They have work to do, but it is not insurmountable by any means, and the Padres, we know, have to go on a run and you heard bob melvin there at the very end there's no doubt that you go into the all-star break and into the second half with a much better feeling right now than you did really about a week ago when that series was wrapping up in cincinnati so the padres did what they needed to do on this homestand we talked about it after the sweep against the angels uh, on wednesday night that if the Padres could take two out of three from the Mets, you would consider this a very good finish to the first half and a very good homestand. They did exactly that. They lose Friday, showed some resiliency, bounced back Saturday and Sunday. So, again, Padres will enter the All-Star break six games out of a playoff spot. Do they have work to do? Yes. Are they still three games below 500? Yes. Is it where anybody thought they would be at the All-Star break? If you asked us in spring training, no. But... All it takes is a run right now. And the Padres certainly ended the first half uh, much better than they played uh, for the most part uh, in the uh, prior uh, few months before uh, the last week or so. So, look, optimism and uh, hopefully some confidence inside that clubhouse as they head into the All-Star break. A well-deserved rest for everybody, but then it is right back to it on Friday in Philadelphia. Start of a very, very critical four-game series right out of the gate in the second half against the Phillies because the Phillies are 48-41. and 41. They are firmly a wild-card team because everybody's way behind Atlanta in the National League East, and the Phillies are just a half game out of a wild-card spot uh, as of today. Right now, the NL wild-card teams, by the way, would be Miami, Arizona, and San Francisco, Philadelphia, half game out, Milwaukee, half game out, San Diego, six out. So again, not only is it six out, but it's not like you have five, six teams in front of you right now. You've got two teams between you and a playoff spot, and uh, again, not insurmountable, but do the Padres have work to do? Yes, they do, and hopefully this last week is a sign of things to come. A lot more to do on our post-game show. I want to dive into what Manny Machado did here today, what he's done in the month of July so far, dive into what Joe Musgrove has done since late May, talk about uh, a number of different aspects in this game. I will mention this because uh, it was talked about there with Bob Melvin. Hassan Kim being back in the lineup today ended up being a really big deal if if not only for the first inning alone the leadoff single got that rally started in the first inning to tease the double sets up 
the Manny Machado home run. Uh, Kim would have two singles in this game. So great to see him miss just one day back in the lineup here today and certainly from uh, very early on had an impact in this game. We'll talk about all of it, break it down, your phone calls and more. Uh, again, if you want to get involved on the phones a little bit later, phone number is always 833-973. Again, the phone number, 833-288-0973. If you want to get involved on our post-game coverage on social media, you can do that as well. Tweet at me or Instagram DM me or thread me. If you're on threads, that's the new cool thing. Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Let me know your thoughts about this game, your thoughts about the first half, how you're feeling going into the All-Star break. We'd love to hear from you as we wrap up the first half here on the Padres Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. The final score on this Sunday afternoon, the Padres 6 and the Mets 2. As we wrap this one up, Padres improved to 43 and 47 of five and one homestands. Wrap up the first half. Mets dropped to 42 and 48. Mets won the series opener, but the Padres bouncing back very nicely both yesterday and today. Manny Machado, the big story in this game alongside Joe Musgrove. Manny had two home runs, both against Max Scherzer. Five RBIs on the day, and Joe Musgrove going six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, just 88 pitches, picks up the win, and finishes a very uh, nice uh, first half for Joe Musgrove. We'll have more on him in a second. As always, if you want to get involved, you can call me, 833-288-0973, the phone number to call, 833-288-0973, the phone number to call if you want to get involved. If you want to get involved on social media, you can do that as well. Tweet at me at Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Same handle on Instagram, on threads if you're on threads. And also, if you want to message me on TikTok, you can do that as well. On TikTok, a little bit different. Sammy Levitt, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V-I-T-T. Would love to hear from you. What are you thinking about the Padres right now? Very nice way to wrap up the first half. How you feeling going into the second half? Uh, we'll get to your phone calls, your tweets, and your messages coming up later. By the way, the MLB draft, the first-year player draft, is underway in Seattle. Now, the Padres don't pick until the 25th overall pick, so I don't think they will uh, make their selection in the first round before we get off the air here. I will tell you, though, the first four picks, uh, LSU got the first two, Paul Skeens, uh, the uh, the first overall pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates, Dylan Cruz, uh, the second overall pick by the Washington Nationals, outfielder also from LSU, Max Clark, an outfielder from Franklin Community High School in Indiana, was the third overall pick by Detroit. Wyatt Langford was the fourth overall pick by the Rangers out of Florida. And uh, that is where they are right now. Four picks in, and that is your up-to-the-minute MLB draft coverage here on the Padres radio network. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game. 
Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game. Brought to you by The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg. All your grilling and barbecue needs are inside The Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. Oh, and two. The pitch to Alvarez. Swung on and missed. Strike three. Another changeup. And Musgrove with back-to-back Ks to end the fourth inning. The Mets leave them loaded. Our ace pitcher of the game, no surprise, Joe Musgrove. Another terrific outing for Joe. Six scoreless innings, three hits. He walked nobody, struck out seven. 88 pitches for Joe Musgrove. And like you heard Bob Melvin allude to in the postgame press conference, Joe wasn't necessarily as sharpest in this game, not nearly as sharp as we saw him earlier this week against the Angels when he gave up just one run in seven innings, struck out 11, even though he gave up no runs in this outing. I think safe to say Joe was actually sharper earlier this week, but Joe did a great job of when he got in trouble, getting out of it, number one, and relying on his defense. You look at the second inning, runners on first and second with one out, Double play off the bat of Francisco Alvarez ends the inning. Then gets in, gets in a big jam in the fourth inning. One out single, hits two batters in a row, but strikes out DJ Stewart and Francisco Alvarez on six consecutive pitches, leaves the bases loaded. In the fifth inning, hits the first batter of the inning. That was another weird part of this game for Joey. Hit four batters in the game. Uh, but after that, the hit batsmen begin the fifth, a beautifully turned 3-6-1 double play off the bat of Le- uh, Luis Guillorme. And in the sixth inning, hits another batter, his fourth of the game, but then strikes out Lindor, 6-4-3 double play off the bat of Pete Alonso. So three double plays turned behind him. Did he deal with base runners? Yes, but you look up, six scoreless innings. You'll take that each and every start from Joe Musgrove, 88 pitches, and again, He struck out seven. Well, Joe, after what was a very start and stop first half of the season, well, I should say first month and a half of the season, you really have to marvel at what he's done since late May. Let's put the first half for Joe Musgrove in some perspective here. In Peoria in spring training, he has the kettlebell incident where he drops a a, a weight on his toe, ends up fracturing his big toe. And that sets him back, means he's going to uh, start the uh, uh, start the season late, right? Then, during the rehab process, he ends up having a little setback with his shoulder, trying to make a play with AAA El Paso, tries to make an athletic play, picking up the ball, a little roller, lands on his shoulder as he throws it, gets set back a little bit. Then he deals with the blisters on his feet while, you know, being barefoot in the outfield uh, in Mexico City while the Padres are there. He's been dealing with the bursitis, as we know, in his elbow. So he's dealt with a lot, even going back to spring training. But you look up. Since May 26th, nine starts, Joe Musgrove has a 179 ERA in 55 innings and a third, 54 strikeouts, eight walks, a 0.96 whip, 228 opponent batting average he has been terrific as of late and here's the thing that i love about joe musgrove he simply rises to the occasion couple of starts this week that were really important a good example of it july 4th after the padres beat the angels on monday look at that point you'll remember earlier this week the padres were desperately looking for wins comes up with maybe his finest outing of the year seven innings 11 strikeouts one run given up earlier this week and then here today look 
this was a, an important start for Joe. You'll remember last year, and you want to talk about stepping up on the big stage, what he did to the New York Mets, uh, the team he faced today in the wild card series in New York last year, the, the really legendary performance by Joe Musgrove on that night in New York. Well, faced him again for the very first time since that game and ends up going six scoreless innings. And it's something I asked Manny Machado if you heard our postgame conversation. I asked him, what is it about Joe that allows him to come up big in so many big games? And I thought today was a big game. Even though it's one out of 162, both teams are trying to find their footing, pick up steam. I understand it, but it did feel like this was a game, for better or worse, would really would really alter maybe how you felt about this week. Because if you're... A Padres fan, you might have looked at it and said, okay, we swept the Angels, but we lost two out of three, and it doesn't feel like there's a ton of momentum going into the break. But now you do. And so, so again, and I don't think it's a secret to anybody in that clubhouse, it did feel like this was a big game for both the Padres and the Mets, a big series for both, and Joe delivered once again. So Joe again, when it matters most, when his team needs him, he finds a way. And, again, I just – I marvel at what he's been able to do while dealing with a lot of different things this season. And by the way, you look at Joe's ERA, it's at 3-2-9 now. And, you know, again, he dealt with, uh, you know, the injuries, the kettlebell incident, all of it. And on May 20th, after how many starts was that? One, two, three, four, five. Just for perspective, Joe on May 20th had a 6-7-5 ERA after five starts. That ERA... Now here on July 9th is down to 329. I mean, he has a really good chance to finish with a low 3 ERA, sub 3 ERA. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he has a chance to have a really, really impressive season. And uh, look, uh, credit to him because really going back for about a month and a half now, he has been terrific for this Padres ball club. We'll continue on our post-game show when we come back. We will get to some of your phone calls when we come back. Phone number, as always, if you want to get involved, 833-288-0973. Again, if you're on the way home from the game, we'd love to hear from you. If you were in the crowd here today, what would you think? How were you feeling? 833-288-0973, the phone number. If you want to get involved on social media, tweet at me, Instagram, DM me, thread me, whatever you want to do. The handle, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Again, the final, Padres 6, Mets 2. Postgame show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you from Petco Park. Final score as the Padres win the rubber game of this three-game series against the New York Mets, the Padres 6, and the Mets 2. Joe Musgrove, a big story in this one. Six scoreless innings, 88 pitches. He allowed just three hits, struck out seven. The other big story, Manny. Two home runs in this game, both against Max Scherzer. Three-run home run in the first inning. Two-run home run in the fifth inning. And I'll tell you what, I bet on uh, New York Sports Radio tomorrow and probably even right now. I don't think Mets fans are all that happy right now with Mr. Scherzer, a guy who is uh, making a lot of money and in some big games, including game one of the wild card series against these Padres last year. He has not performed all that well, and here today gives up five runs in five innings. And again, 
And I don't want to make it too big of a deal because it is one game out of 162 in the big picture. But bottom line is this. These two teams, this was a big series because of where they are, the momentum factor. Both these teams really desperately looking for both wins and momentum heading into the break. And the Padres, after losing on Friday, uh, bounce back with wins on Saturday and Sunday. So look, they carry some momentum into the break. Now they've got four days off, and you hope that they can take that momentum into Philadelphia. Like we said, four-game series in Philly out of the All-Star break. Very, very important series because the Phillies are ahead of the Padres in the wild card race, and that's a good team in Philadelphia. And, by the way, a rematch of the NLCS from a year ago. So uh, last time we saw the Padres in Philadelphia, the images, well, we don't want to remember them, uh, the Bryce Harper home run and the Phillies celebrating as they went on to the World Series, but the Padres a chance at some redemption next weekend in Philadelphia. Again, Sam Levitt with you on our post-game coverage here on the Padres Radio Network. We will get to more of our daily awards out of town scoreboard as we wrap up this game, wrap up the first half, but we do have the phone lines really lighting up right now. So let's go to the phones. We lead things off on our post-game show with Jay, who's calling in from El Cajon. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the Padres Radio Network with Sam Levitt. How are you? Good, Sammy. We got a little Joe in the car with us. We went to four out of six in this uh, last homestand here, and to take five of six is great. Should have been six of six if Kim had stayed at second to get around on the Soto single. We would have won that game Friday night. However, five of six, that's a great way to go into the break. I will say this, pitching looking great. Snell, Musgrove, we're all dealing. We miss Waka. We'll be back soon, hopefully. But uh, this is a Baltz club. Like you said, we've been saying this since April. No one's panicking. Yeah, we're three under 500. Five of six, so to go into the break, that's the makings of a run. And all we need is one little run to get back up here. Uh, I have a feeling that we're going to do, like I said last month, what the Braves did last year. We're going to go on that late run, mm-hmm. uh, either win the division or get the wild card, and go be a terror in the playoffs. Because with this lineup, at least one through six, we, we are something to be dealt with for any pitching staff. Um, that said, our pitching staff, not shabby at all. We're, we're throwing. We're dealing. So that said, I'm not panicking at all. Joe. Any game where Manny goes yard twice, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jay, Joe, appreciate the call. Great stuff uh, from you two as always. And look, to your point on Manny Machado, let me read you off what Manny has done so far in the month of July. Eight games so far, he's hitting 406. That's 13 for 32 six home runs including the two today 16 rbis including the five today he's got an on-base percentage of 472 and ops of 1472 in the month of july and if you go back even further than that he's been playing pretty solid for a while i know there's been issues at times with runners in scoring position things like that and it's true but he's been very good so far in the month of july and to your point jay if i'm going to point out or pick two things that could mean the Padres come out of the second half blazing and they continue to play at this kind of level, win games with this kind of regularity, which we all know they need to do if they want to make that run. There are two things that really would help them. 
Number one, the starting pitching continuing to do what it's done. Joe Musgrove today, six scoreless innings. Yesterday, Blake Snell, six scoreless innings. Day before, you Darvish battled his way through five innings, three earned runs given up. Day before that, Wednesday against the Angels, Seth Lugo, six innings, one earned run given up. Day before that, Joe Musgrove, seven innings, one earned run. Blake Snell, five scoreless innings, Monday against the Angels. The point being, the Padres are are pitching extremely well in the starting rotation. They really, really are. I believe today was their 41st quality start of the season. I believe yesterday was 40 by Snell, 41st today for Joe Musgrove. I'm like 99% sure it's 41. I I have it written down somewhere in my notes from previous days, but uh, I believe that also would lead baseball in quality starts. I mean, that is how good they've been in the starting rotation. Now, with that said, they're 43 and 47. When you get that kind of starting pitching, you want to be better than that, but you hope that the starting pitching can hold up throughout the second half because that unit with what Joe's done, with what Walk has done, who hopefully will come back off the IL shortly after the break. I mean, you know, and obviously Blake Snell uh, in that category. Snell, Musgrove, Waka, Lugo has been good after coming off the IL. That would be a really big part of going on that run. You need good starting pitching. The other piece of it is Manny. I mean, look, when Manny is hot, it is an absolute tear, and he can single-handedly carry this offense now you hope he gets plenty of help around him from the other guys in the big four Soto to Tease Bogarts it would be major if Bogarts could get it going and return to that form we saw the first few weeks uh, in the second half but Manny starting to swing it better starting to play better that's a big deal I mean if he can carry that into the second half and we know he's capable of literally going on a run for an entire half that is a huge deal for this team. We'll see if he can do it. But the signs in the last week are there that man that Manny is is kind of back. Um, and we know he's very capable of it. We saw it last year with what he did really throughout the course of the year. So starting pitching, getting Manny going, those are two really, really important elements if the Padres uh, want to go on a run. And uh, we all know they have to do that in order to reach the postseason right now. Let's go to Gonzo in Ocean Beach calling in. Hi, Gonzo. What's up? What's up, Sammy? How are you? Doing well, Gonzo. We, uh, I'm pretty sure Jay, the last caller, he hit most of the good points right there. Glad to see Manny smashing again. The pitching is amazing. Um, thinking about the next couple series, we got Philadelphia and Toronto. Do you think Bob Melvin's still going to be doing his matchup kind of things with our bullpen, or is that kind of a thing in the past right now? Well, what do you mean, Gonzo? I mean, there's there's matchup elements to, I mean, a lot of games. I mean, that's that's kind of how you run a bullpen here in 2023. So, what do you mean exactly? Like, uh, I want to say a couple games ago, he pulled he he won the righty on righty matchup, yeah. and the batter had a better average against righty mm. anyways, and I think he did get on base. But uh, is, is that just for the matchups, or is there no confidence in the bullpen, or yeah, that's just look, the way look, that we're going to run Yeah, Gonzo, look, I, I think, and appreciate the call, I think there's always going to be matchup elements to the way most managers manage a bullpen um, in, in the common game, and not the common game, in the uh, current game. Um, look, here's my thoughts on the bullpen overall. The Padres, I'll give them credit, in the last week successfully 
Rabel to win five out of six with, as we know, a bullpen that is pretty thin, that was dealing with injuries, that had guys pitching in uh, roles that, you know, going back even to that series in Cincinnati that they haven't pitched in in really any scenario in the major leagues before. You know, going back to the Cincinnati series, we're really talking about, you know, guys like Ray Kerr and Drew Carlton, who uh, both aren't here right now at the big league level um, anymore. But uh, the point being, really, for the last week and a half, two weeks, Bob Melvin you know, hasn't had a, a ton of options down there and some of the guys that he's relied on in the past, guys like Martinez, guys like Garcia, guys like Hill, they've had some struggles as of late. There are a few developments with the bullpen that I think are going to make it much easier for Bob Melvin moving forward in the second half. Number one, getting Steven Wilson, who's been great, getting him back, should be in Philadelphia, it sounds like, that's a big deal getting Robert Suarez back. I mean, it's easy to forget how good, how important Robert Suarez was to this team in the second half of last season and in the postseason. Uh, Suarez, I believe, is going to pitch with Lake Elsinore today. I'll, I'll check on that. I don't know if that game's happened yet or not, but uh, we understood it that he was going to pitch with Low A Lake Elsinore today, so we'll keep you uh, posted on that. But getting him back is a big deal. So getting... Wilson and Suarez back will be enormous shortly out of the second half. The other thing that you hope is that yesterday, and and really the day before as well, were signs of Luis Garcia and Nick Martinez bouncing back. I mean, Martinez, another guy who's been really effective in whatever role the Padres have given him out of the bullpen, whether it's been more of a long man, whether it's been more of a classic relief role, and at times more of a setup guy. As of late, last few weeks for Martinez, he's had some rough outings, but I thought yesterday Nick struck out the side in the eighth inning in a two-run game. I thought he looked as sharp as he's looked in a while. Hopefully that was a sign of Nick bouncing back and, and finding himself again. And the good news is that, It's a bullpen that's been worked a lot. They're going to get four days off here. So you hope it's a moment for that bullpen to sort of reset as a whole. And I put Garcia in the same category. I thought Garcia in this series looked better than he's looked since coming off the IL previously. So, again, the the health, getting Wilson and Suarez back, and hopefully getting guys like Martinez and Garcia back on track. The bullpen hypothetically – Shortly, when we get into the second half, should be in a much better spot than it's been in for the last handful of weeks. It really should. It will not seem as thin of a bullpen, and you won't see sort of some of the depth issues because, you know, you're going to have two key guys in Suarez and Wilson back, and if other guys are pitching better than they did over the course of the last month or so, I I, I think the bullpen has a real chance to to really bounce back in a big way in the second half. And, look, that's going to be really important uh, for this team, no doubt about it. Let's go to Lee, who's calling in from San Diego. Hi, Lee. Hey, man. <laughs> you pretty much touched on every point I wanted to make already. Okay. Um, I'm really glad they, they won five out of six going into the All-Star break. And if it wasn't for uh, Snell, Waka, Musgrove, and Martinez, we wouldn't even be talking right now. And I was wondering if you heard about Suarez and when yeah. he's going to be back in the lineup. And just the batting order in general is getting things going. Between and I'm really impressed. I'm happy for Grisham and the Crone Zone, 
And all these players are starting to come through now. It's a, it's a good thing to see. It's kind of what I expected all year, but uh, I think they're looking good going into the all-star break and uh, let's do this. Yeah. Well, look, uh, Lee, they, they have work to do and appreciate the call, Lee, and I'll give you an update on Suarez in a second. Look, they have work to do. They're still sitting at, uh, after today, 43 and 47. I think I may have said 42 and 47 earlier. 43 and 47. Look, they have work to do, and they've they've still got to continue to do what they've done in the last week. We all get it. But like I said earlier, the wild card deficit, six games heading into the break, it is not insurmountable. It's not. Um, so we'll see. They've got work to do, but you do feel much better than you did a week ago coming out of that series in Cincinnati at a 1-5 and five road trip to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Look, it was a must, really, that the Padres had a good homestand here, and they did. They won five out of six, and they beat a Mets team two out of three that came in playing well, won six in a row after the win on Friday, and this series could have gone very differently. But, look, yesterday the offense left a lot to be desired. Thank goodness for Matthew Batten with the two-run home run. Here today, Manny uh, did many things, and again, like I said, that is incredibly important to the Padres moving forward. You hope the other guys like Bogarts and like uh, Soto and Tatis, and, and what you're looking for, I think, in the second half is for those four to get going all at once, which is something you know we've seen a game of here or there. We have not seen that for really any kind of long stretch. And the other thing we haven't seen is we haven't seen the Padres really go on a sustained stretch of winning i mean they've done some things like this winning five or six but look they've got to win nine and at nine out of ten they've got to win 12 out of 13 i mean they have to go on a real run here rattle off some wins in a row so uh, we'll see if they can do it i think two things can be true at once as i always say you can be certainly more confident in what the padres did here this week than what you were a week ago but they have work to do and We'll see. Now the question becomes, can they continue this momentum into the second half? So we'll see if they can do it. By the way, a couple of updates here. We had Lee ask about Suarez, and we've talked about him a couple of times. Robert Suarez did pitch for Lake Elsinore today. That was against Visalia in Visalia. Uh, Robert Suarez in that game, two-thirds of an inning, one earned run given up. He did walk three allowed one hit through 23 pitches, nine for strikes, so not great as far as the ball strike ratio. I'll be honest with you, as long as he's healthy, I don't read a ton into the results at low A. And, you know, when a guy is coming back from injury, and, again, he's he's got a long process and has gone through a long process of, number one, getting healthy and building up. He's basically going through spring training again. I'm not going to get crazy about results at low A in Visalia. To me, the, the big thing is health for him and you know you look at these outings I, I don't know what Suarez is working on you never know what the goals are of guys I mean you know you have outings you know on rehab assignments where guys may be saying okay I want to really work on this one specific pitch and again you're pitching in a minor league game so I mean really who cares what the results are and that's not me knocking minor league games trust me I am Minor league games for a long time were very, very important to me. I'm talking about it from the rehab perspective. I'm not going to get crazy about the results, but just hope he's healthy. And as long as that's true, um, you know, look, every step he takes, every appearance he makes is 
a good piece of news. So Robert Suarez did indeed pitch for Lowe Lake Elsinore today. So that's the update on him. Uh, I do want to read this tweet from uh, Kevin Acey uh, a little while ago uh, from the Padres clubhouse. Well, I don't know if Kevin tweeted it from the clubhouse, but he certainly uh, talked to Xander Bogarts uh, in the clubhouse. And uh, Kevin tweeting, Xander Bogarts said he probably won't hold the bat over the break. The hope is rest and the cortisone shot he just received after the game. Wow, he already got one after the game. That was quick. Uh, Brings a more comfortable and productive second half. So that's interesting, and I'm looking forward to hearing and uh, reading more of the quotes that come from Xander after the game. Obviously, I'm not down there right now. But, uh, you know, look, we've all wondered how much the wrist has affected him, and it's something I talked about last night and you know, I, I again, I, I don't want to put any words in Xander's mouth because I haven't seen everything he said from the clubhouse. But it, it, I said it last night. It, it's hard to believe that the wrist hasn't affected him in some way just because really two things. He started the year so well. And then there was a clear delineation point when he got hit in the wrist. And it it, it wasn't the same after that. And it did make you wonder if. if if there's been an issue there. Um, The other part of it is that Xander's a really good player and a really good hitter. He's been a really good hitter for a very, very long time. Really has been. So this first half was atypical of what he's been as a player. So again, I I just, you know, you think about the wrist. Here's a tweet from Dennis Lynn. uh, More on Xander, same kind of thing here. Dennis uh, of The Athletic tweeting, as planned, Xander Bogarts received a, uh, received a cortisone shot in his left wrist after today's game. He said he doesn't anticipate needing another one the rest of the season. Uh, Xander said, quote, looking forward to a nice second half, and I expect that out of myself. So, hey, how about that? Xander Bogarts, he already got the cortisone shot. Good news. Hopefully that helps Xander Bogarts have a, a better second half here in his first season in San Diego. Let's pause for station ID on the Padres radio network. KWFNFM and KWFN HD1 San Diego. This is Joe Musgrove. You're listening to Padres Baseball on the Padres Radio Network. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Sam Levitt with you here on our Padres Radio Network postgame show. Padres win it 6-2 over the New York Mets. We will get back to your phone calls in a little bit. 833-288-0973, the phone number to call. Now let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit sandiegofoodbank.org. Our relief pitcher of the game. We really have two options. We're not going to go with Adrian Morahone, who gave up the only two runs in this game to the Mets. So we'll go with either Tim Hill or Tom Cosgrove. And you know what? I'm going with Tim Hill. Walked a batter, but that was it. Struck out a batter. And uh, thankfully for Tim, had what was uh, a reviewed play in the seventh inning where you know he's had a lot of trouble for whatever reason going off the mound to his left and, and making throws to first base. Um, over the last couple of weeks. We've seen him make a handful of errors doing that. And he had one of those plays in the seventh inning, and he did throw it wide to Jake Cronenworth, but Cronenworth held his foot on the bag originally. 
Brett Beatty was ruled safe, and then on review, he was ruled out. So I'm happy for Tim in that sense, and hopefully that, um, you know, kind of gets him back on track as far as fielding that type of little ground ball that's been hard for him uh, as of late. So Tim Hill getting through the seventh inning. Hopefully a good second half in store for Tim. He's our relief pitcher of the game here today. Now let's tell you about our player of the game. Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today. Our player of the game here today, Manny Machado. Two home runs, both off Max Scherzer. Three-run home run in the first inning, two-run home run in the fifth inning. And Manny did Manny things here today. Like we've been saying, finished the second half, or I should say the first half, on a high note with quite the performance here on this Sunday afternoon. By the way, a couple of notes on Manny's day, and I talked about him a little bit earlier, but worth mentioning again couple of notes on Manny's two-home run game. Let me pull it up here so I get it right. I tweeted it out earlier, and I want to make sure I say it all right. A couple of Manny Machado notes. That was his 36th multi-home run game. That's the most in baseball since his rookie season in 2012. So that's a cool note for Manny. Also, and this is a really interesting note, Machado now has five home runs in his career against Max Scherzer. That's tied for the most he has off any pitcher in his career, which is really interesting because Manny and Max, I'd have to look for how long. I mean, they they haven't crossed over very much as far as division. I guess when Max was... Well, when was Scherzer traded to L.A.? Now I'm getting a little bit mixed up. The The point being, without having to go look it up, the point being, it's not like Max and uh, and Manny have been in the same division where they were facing each other, you know, 19 times a year for a while. But it's pretty interesting that Manny has five home runs against Max Scherzer, and that's tied for the most he has against any pitcher in his career, it's uh, it's interesting. You think about who Max has played for, Arizona, then Detroit, some of this before Manny was in the league. Detroit, Washington, so they were in opposite leagues for a while, although Washington and Baltimore did play. Uh, L.A. in 21, again, that's the only time they've crossed over as far as division for just a little bit. I mean, Scherzer only made 11 starts in the regular season in 2021. He's in L.A., and Manny is here in San Diego, and then obviously he's faced them a little bit the last couple of years with the Mets. But just a an interesting note there. And by the way, if you're curious, the other pitchers that Manny Machado has five home runs against in his career, Trevor Bauer, David Price, C.C. Sabathia, that one makes sense because of uh, the American League East for a while, and Anibal Sanchez. So again, um, Max Scherzer in that category of players, of pitchers that um, he has five home runs against in his career. So uh, good day for Manny, no doubt about that. Also, there was another note here on Manny that I wanted to get to. Here it was. Machado's five RBIs today, tied for the most as a Padre. Fourth time he's done it since 2019. Career high is seven, so he's now had five RBIs four times in a Padre's uniform. 
I'm willing to bet at some point in the next decade, Manny has more than five RBIs in a game. Uh, but a five RBI day is uh, certainly very good as well. All right, we'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Come back with our play of the game out of town scoreboard. Wrap it up with your phone calls, your tweets, your messages, as more uh, and more. Again, if you want to get involved on social media, you can do that by tweeting at me, DMing me on Instagram, TikTok, threads. Sammy Lev, the handle, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Phone number, 833-288-0973. As always, if you want to get involved. We'll wrap up this 6-2 win, wrap up the first half 2023 when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Padres 6 and the Mets 2. As the Padres take 2 of 3 from the New York Mets, they wrap up this first half of the season with a 5-1 and one homestand against the Angels and the Mets. Padres improve to 43-47, and 47 and they enter the All-Star break six games out of a wild-card spot. And they will begin the second half with a very important four-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies beginning on Friday. It's a weird series, I'll tell you, because it's a game on Friday, then a scheduled doubleheader on Saturday. How about that? Scheduled doubleheader. And then Sunday to wrap it up. So we'll get more into the pitching matchups a little bit later on here in this segment. Uh, We'll wrap up with some phone calls, your tweets, your DMs. I'm going to check all my tweets and my DMs here in a moment. Out of town scoreboard, our play of the game. As we recap this one from Petco Park, appreciate everybody tuning in all first half long here on the Padres Radio Network. At times, it's certainly been uh, tough uh, with some of the results. And as you know, coming on here and trying to make sense of what at times was a very confusing first half, but a much better finish to the first half with this homestand and hopefully a sign of things to come for the Padres uh, in the second half of the year. Let's go back to the phones. We go to Brandon in Carlsbad. Brandon, you're on the Padres postgame show with Sam Levitt. How are you? Woo, Sammy. Come on, let's go, everybody. You know, let's uh, let's get fired up. This is what we were hoping for. Like the first caller out of El Cajon said, you know, two sweeps would have been nice. But, uh, hey, man, win a series, sweep a series, go in, rest up. We've got the talent. You know, one point I wanted to make, Sammy, was uh, – what are one of our bugaboos all season hasn't been the pitching the pitching i feel have done their job for the most part but it's risks scoring those runners that are in scoring position um and you know we see those games that we do do that sometimes we score 10 12 staying near 15 points um you know so i think the big thing i want to make here my point is balance when you get a little bit from the bullpen a little bit of padding and insurance on the scoreboard this is what we get they might not be the big score games but when our veterans light up, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. And we know what we're capable of. I mean, you, don't, you can be a fair-weather baseball fan and look at our lineup and go, okay, yeah, these guys should do something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fired up. You know, I always had the theory, you know, beating will continue until morale improves. And I believe that the morale has improved and the beatings will not continue anymore. We're going to have some ups and downs, but I think we're going somewhere. Well, Brandon, uh, like the positivity, appreciate the call, and uh, look, uh, I hope you're right as far as uh, this team having the ability to go on a run. You're right, runners in scoring position is a really important part of that. They were two for five here today. Look, the Padres have been better as a whole lately with runners in scoring position. This is not 
you know, a, a batting average with runners in scoring position through 90 games. It's, this is not where you want it to be, but it is better. They're batting 223 at the end of the first half now with runners in scoring position. Doesn't sound like much, but if you followed this team in the first half, you know that number for a long time was under 200. And at times it was way under 200. Well, not, it wasn't like 150, but it was in the high 180s, 190s. So, look, they've hit better with runners in scoring position. We talked a handful of uh, well, handful of days ago about, uh, and I don't know the numbers right now without looking it up again but because uh, I didn't talk about it today on the pregame. But since June 22nd really is the day where they've been better with runners in scoring position. So, they look, they've been better in that department. It's a big key moving forward. Uh, they need, and we've said it all year long, look, this team – will go as far as the big four take him. And I'll include Jay Cronenworth in that mix, and even Hassan Kim for how good he's been. Really, those six guys, which is two-thirds of your lineup every day, but Kim, Soto, Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, and Cronenworth. I mean, all those guys have to contribute at different times, and obviously we put a big circle on Soto and Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, because of really the, the elite hitters they are. And uh, look, uh, guys that, uh, you know, Soto hasn't signed a long-term contract yet, but guys that are making a lot of money that you brought here to carry your offense. And that is what they need to do in the second half. Look, Manny's not going to have two home runs, five RBIs every day. But if Manny can take the momentum he's built in the last week and bring it into the second half, like I said earlier, it's a really big deal. It really is. And he has the ability maybe even more so than anybody in this lineup, and there's a lot of talent. I mean, Fernando's amazing, and Juan Soto, you know, gets on base so much, and and all of it, and I I don't think we've seen the best of Xander Bogarts, and with the cortisone shot, I mean, again, as long as that wrist is feeling better, I'm I'm very confident in saying that I think Xander's going to have a much better second half if that wrist is uh, truly feeling good. Um you know, but aside from all those guys, I mean, Manny is the guy who we've seen it before, just has the ability to go on an absolute tear for not a week, not two weeks, for for a half, for months at a time. And that's what they need from Manny. So hopefully today what he's done the last week is a sign of things to come. Let's go to Mario, who's calling in from National City. Hi, Mario. Yeah, how you doing, big fam? Doing well, uh, Mario. How are you? I was, a, I was at the game. I enjoyed it again. And uh, boys are doing good, man. They're picking up. And one day it's going to be Manny. Next day, Hassan Kim. You know, got a, a, a team of a whole bunch of good players. And uh, it's just a matter of time before we click. I was thinking about a 15-game winning streak, but maybe it'll be a 14. But regardless, I think I think we're, we're on our way. I feel that way because I'm a diehard. And uh, another thing uh, – I don't, I don't, I don't think Snell's going nowhere. Manny's not going to let Snell go anywhere. That's his boy too, you know. <laughs> Manny's got a good relationship with all them players, and uh, we'll be okay, you know. As long as we keep winning, as long as we keep doing what we have to do, you know, off the field, well, you know, we'll be okay, Sam. Well, yeah, I certainly hope so, Mario. And look to your point on Snell, and appreciate the call, Mario. Thank you for uh, tuning in and, and calling in. Look, the point on Snell. Um, look. You never know. Maybe there's some sort of extension possibility. I, I don't know. I'm not reporting that or anything, but, uh, you know, you never know. I, look, I, I think Blake, what's really interesting for Blake right now is that, A, I mean, he, he's just pitching phenomenally. I mean, he, he has been so good, and he's he's again showing that when he's at the top of his game, he is incredibly, incredibly effective. 
And right now, like Bob Melvin said yesterday, like he's talked about, it's a real four-pitch mix with the way he's utilizing his changeup and his slider and his curveball, and he throws a lot of fastballs still. I mean, he's been dominant. When he's got the right stuff, I mean, he is so, so good. And I'll tell you what, if Blake continues to do what he's doing, he's going to make a lot of money from somebody in the offseason because you just see it. I mean, when this guy is is dialed in and has everything working, it is really something to watch. I mean, the swings and misses, it's a lot of fun. Look, I I don't know. Um, you know, if even if he gets the free agency, you know, is there a chance the Padres can get him back? I, I would imagine. Um, but we'll see, you know. But, look, Blake is – he keeps doing what he's doing. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Somebody's somebody's going to give him a lot of money, and rightfully so, because when he is on his game, and we've seen it now. We saw it in the second half. We, we've seen it uh, for a month and a half now. He's been so dominant. We read off all the numbers yesterday on the postgame show, a sub-one ERA going back to late May. He's, he's really, really fun to watch, and he's really impressive. So we'll see. Uh, but I certainly understand if you're a Padres fan out there and saying, you know what, this Blake Snell guy, he's pretty good, and I want to keep him here for a while. We'll see. I don't think with uh, this front office and, and ownership, with the money they spend, that anything is, is ever out of the question as far as acquiring talent, retaining talent. We'll see what happens. I think for right now, you hope Blake Snell just keeps on doing what he's doing into the second half because if he keeps doing that, if Joe keeps on doing what he's doing, Seth Lugo, Michael Waka, you Darvish a little bit shakier in the first half at times. If he, you know, is a little bit better, more consistent in the second half, this rotation should be just fine and should be plenty good enough to win a lot of games. And they were that way in the first half. Again, it's it's one of those elements of this first half of the season where the starting pitching was plenty good enough for this team to be above 500. And that's that hurts a little bit because they're not, and they still end this first half, four games below. You, you cross your fingers that the starting pitching can keep on doing what it's done for, for 90 games now because they've, as a whole, been really, really good. All right, let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the Out of Town Scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958. Everything has gone final in the Major Leagues. No Sunday night baseball here tonight because the All-Star festivities are already underway in Seattle draft is going on right now like we said earlier scores from today all the finals nationals beat the rangers seven to two in dc cubs beat the yankees seven to four in new york red Sox beat the a's four to three in boston the rays beat the braves ten to four in tampa bay royals beat the guardians four to one in cleveland marlins beat the phillies they finish up a very very good first half the marlins are 53 and 39 one of the real good stories of the season so far in baseball they beat the phillies 7 to 3 blue jays beat the tigers 4 to 3 in detroit in 10 orioles beat up on the twins 15 to 2 15 runs on 17 hits for baltimore Six home runs in that game for the Orioles. Anthony Santander hit a couple of them. Brewers beat the Reds 1-0 in Milwaukee. Six strong innings in that game for Wade Miley for the Brew Crew. Mariners beat the Astros 3-1 in Houston. 
Cardinals over the White Sox 4-3 in sin in Chicago. Giants blank the Rockies 1-0 in San Francisco. Logan Webb, a good start in that game, picks up his eighth win of the season. Webb now has a 3-1-4 ERA on the year. And Webb, in fact, in that game, a complete game shutout of the Rockies as the Giants win it 1-0. Pirates beat the Diamondbacks 4-2 in Arizona. G-Man Choi, a two-run home run in that game for the Pirates. And that's it, aside from this one. Padres beating the Mets 6-2. So uh, that's a look at all the action from around the major leagues uh, here today. Should be a very exciting second half. Certainly a look at the standings as we wrap things up. And say, hey, in the National League, it's been very interesting. Um, by the way, I should mention, and I'll get to that in a second, Atlanta obviously has been uh, simply superb. 60 wins already at the All-Star break. They're 16-29. Cincinnati, as we know, has been a real, real good story. A real surprise team infused with young talent. They're now 50-41. and 41. By the way, with the scores today, the Diamondbacks losing 4-2. The Dodgers... The Dodge, where are the Dodgers on my scoreboard? Am I crazy here? Well, I feel like I'm crazy. Where, where's the, did the Dodgers not play today or something on a Sunday? Am I, am I crazy? Frank Marchese back in the studio. <laughs> I'm looking at the scoreboard that I usually look at for my out of town. I don't see the Dodgers. Hold on here. Now I got to look at a different kind of scoreboard. How could that be? That couldn't be right. They didn't play today. How didn't I know that? before today started i just realized that as i was uh reading down the skip that's odd on a sunday well they played yesterday they beat the angels 10 to 5 and i i need to confirm this in my head are they the well they're obviously not the only team that didn't play today i'm sorry that i'm making such a big deal out of this i just i quite frankly didn't realize this they had a scheduled day off today how interesting is that i i'll be honest with you i didn't realize that until i read the scoreboard Scheduled day off for the Dodgers. That means somebody else had a day off. I'm not going to go back and see how many teams had a day off. I, I honestly, I did not know that uh, before I looked at the scoreboard here. So, um, anyway, the, what I wanted to tell you, the point I was making was that you look at the NL West standings, and right now the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are now tied for first place. So, remember, Arizona has been in first place for a while in the first half and here on the final day of the first half dodgers 51 and 38 arizona 52 and 39 they're in its high right now for first place san francisco two and a half out san diego eight and a half out and uh, that's where we are again in the nl west here at the all-star break and like i said earlier the padres sit six games out of a wild card spot here at the break sorry to have that whole dodger moment i <laughs> just realized they didn't play today and I guess at least one other team didn't play, but I'm not going to go. The Angels didn't play. So the Dodgers and Angels didn't play today. Interesting. On a Sunday. It's very odd. I don't, can't remember ever seeing that. All right. My amazement at the Major League schedule. Let's tell you about our play of the game. What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? Sorry. This is the play of the game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how. Scherzer is set. Here's the pitch. 
And Manny gets a hanging breaking ball. Hits it a ton. Deep to left field. Way back. Gonna go. Second level of balconies in the Western Metal Building. And a three-run homer in the bottom of the first for Manny Machado. The Padres jump out in front of the Mets and Max Scherzer. Manny Machado, two home runs in this game, including that three-run home run. In the first inning, number 14 for Manny. He would, he would hit number 15 later in the game. And that home run, certainly our play of the game. Padres never look back. Max Scherzer tagged for five runs in five innings, all courtesy of Manny. At one point in this game, it was Manny five. That's nothing. Three-run home run, our play of the game. Quite the day and quite the way to wrap up the first half of the season for Manny Machado. All right, so where do we go from here? Second half begins on Friday. Of course, the All-Star game on Tuesday in Seattle. Home run derby, all that fun stuff is tomorrow, so certainly encourage you to tune in to that. Enjoy the home run derby, the All-Star game. Uh, By the way, in just a a little while, we will uh, see who the uh, Padres pick uh, in the first round of the uh, MLB draft, so you want to stay tuned to that as well. And before we tell you about that series against the Phillies, of course, every Sunday is a military Sunday, and we want to take time to recognize and thank all military members for their amazing dedication and service. San Diego County Toyota dealers, proud partners of the Padres, are honored to support San Diego's military community. Taking a look ahead to the series in Philadelphia, we do have some of the pitching matchups already. On Friday, it'll be Hugh Darvish for the Padres. It'll be left-hander Christopher Sanchez on the mound for Philadelphia. Quickly, the other starting pitching matchups. Saturday in the doubleheader, right now game one, it's Taiwan Walker against Blake Snell. Game two, Ranger Suarez against TBA right now for the Padres. They have not landed on a starter. Sunday, Seth Lugo for the Padres and Zach Wheeler on the mound for Philadelphia. So again, Friday, series opener, four-game set, very important series for the Padres, certainly with uh, where they are in the wild card standings, where the Phillies are. Left-hander Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia, Hugh Darvish on the mound for the Padres on Friday. Certainly hope you can... Join us on Friday and hope you enjoy the All-Star break. Uh, Take a little time to catch up on some different things, and then we are right back to Padres baseball on Friday. First pitch, by the way, on Friday, 3.05 p.m. here in San Diego, our Eco-Water Soap Game Show will begin at 2.05. Taking a look at the final totals in the rubber game of this three-game set against the Mets. For the Padres, six runs, nine hits, no errors. They left on six. For the Mets, two runs, five hits, one error. They left on six as well. Joe Musgrove, the winning pitcher, he improves to eight and two. Max Scherzer, the losing pitcher, he drops to eight and three. Time of game, two hours and 42 minutes. And the crowd here at Petco Park, the 39th sellout in 46 openings this season. How amazing is that? 42,745. As always, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen back to all of it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Frank Marchese, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long from Petco Park. Again, the final score as the Padres win this three-game series, the Padres 6 and the Mets 2. We'll talk to you on Friday on the Padres Radio Network.